Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others, here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, all the way from Tucson, Patricia Kirkman. PK, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm just so excited about our show tonight. I can't wait to talk with Mary. I know. You have been asking me so many times to bring Bloody Mary Voodoo Queen from New Orleans back on the show. And I can't That's wait right. to get her on also. She's a great guest and so knowledgeable, so understanding of all of what voodoo is. So we are going to have her on in just a couple of minutes. But first, we've got to find out what's going on with the numbers. There's some crazy stuff happening in the world today. Not like any other day, but it does seem a little bit more intense. So what's going on? Well, honey, you know, we've been talking all month about this month itself being a preview of next year and it deals with communication it deals with creativity it deals with ideas and thoughts being uh, foistered on us that may not be real but there is so much happening that is giving us a small taste of what's really going to be coming down the pike this month we're getting communications from so many different sources and we're being given misinformation. This is a day of ending old things, but it's also about drama. So before the day's over, I'm sure that we're going to get another kick in the panties from some source or resource. It's just been uh, crazy. And then, of course, with the elections, they don't know who to uh, lie about first. It's a shame, but that's what <laughs> we've got. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, it's very tumultuous. And I remember months ago, you did predict by looking at the numbers that we were going to have lots of things coming to the surface and Mm -hmm. possibly even some disclosure from somewhere. We doubt it'll be from the government because they have nothing to gain by disclosing anything about extraterrestrial or interdimensional involvement or both. But it may come from another source. And wouldn't that be interesting? That's right. Well, I think the information that's going to be dropped on us, we're watching breadcrumbs from the sky. Eventually, like I said before, we're going to end up with a whole loaf of bread, whether they like it or not. We're just getting it a piece at a time. Yeah. Crazy people that think they can get away with it forever. I know. We know what's really going on. We know that ETs exist. We know that what we're seeing in the sky is real. And we know that most of the people... You know, when there's election, we, there's lying. I mean, yeah, the basics. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, we've come to expect lying from them, but we know what the truth is. And that's why we have all these great yeah. guests come on the show and 
talk about it because sure. this is where paranormal is normal and we go for the truth. We really do. Now, I also wanted to say to everybody that as we're coming into the end of October, it's a great time for people to contact you to get their numerology reading and find out how their year is going to shape up with all of the ups and downs and the roller coaster rides. Yeah, it's a great time to give you a call. Now, you can be found on the Supernatural Girls website. That is Supernaturalgirls with a Z. Dot com And you can also be found on your own site, which is patriciakirkman.com. And you'll be able to right. schedule private meetings with people from there. And I know you're also giving classes so people can learn mm-hmm. how to do their mm-hmm. own numbers and numbers for their family That's and friends. Right. It's a great, great thing to learn. And then I've been doing well, the get I Soul Realignment. about the dreams that yes. you... The, the dreams are have been your your way of everybody thinking of you but now you have a new way of projecting things for people which is fabulous because you did so much this fun. weekend and i love it yes ah, wonderful. i'm glad you enjoyed it i'm glad you enjoyed it i'm now certified and i'll tell you what I, the protocol that comes from andrea hess who is from germany who created this system of soul realignment is quite powerful and I'm thrilled to be a part of it Mm -hmm. and now offering readings for realignment to people because you know everybody talks about manifestation and how they're not manifesting the way they want and well guess what if your soul is not in proper alignment you're not going to manifest the way you would like to or the way you've been told you should so if that's not in alignment then there is a way to get it back and this is what this work is all about so you can also find me on the website supernaturalgirls.com mm-hmm. you can send me a message and you can send PK a message also on our Facebook page so feel right. free to contact either one of us there be surprised at the information that you will receive from Patricia on this I was amazed at things that I didn't know, even though I do my own chart and I've gotten involved with other things over the years. This one kind of knocked my socks off. Check it out. Thank you. I think you'll love it. Ah, well, that's great. That's great. There's a lot to it. There's also property clearing that's involved if you're interested in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wrapping up a class in also clearing businesses. So there's all kinds of ways to support people along on their journey but being in touch with your divine purpose is key so i'm happy to have learned this it took me quite some time because it's a very complex process but i finally was able to finish it hooray hooray and now it's a lot of fun well done doing it (laughs) thank you finally my god and we do have some paranormal news real quick and we're gonna then go into Speaking directly with Bloody Mary, Voodoo Queen. And she's the author of a great book, too, Bloody Mary's Guide to Hauntings, Horrors, and Dancing with the Dead. Great title. So we're going to talk to her about what's in her book and also what's going on in New Orleans. It's a busy place this time of year. So we're Mm -hmm. going to find out everything we can. But before we do, I just wanted to tell everybody to go to our Facebook page. We've got a wild, wild story there. An article that was written for Mysterious Universe. We love that site. They have great articles. And this one is about what's going on underground in the tunnels mm-hmm. and the sewers. 
people have had all kinds of really unusual experiences, and very few of them have been publicly reported. People are afraid to say anything. One person was even confronted by government agents that told him to get out of town and don't come back. And this was in up in your neck of the woods, PK. This is in the Phoenix area. So mm-hmm. it's these tunnels, and they're all over the country. But these stories they didn't, are... They wanted to send them to Denver. That was something. <laughs> that was something. These, all of these stories, they're phenomenal. And they're in this one article. It's very well written. They have uh, little graphic pictures there for you to see. But I highly recommend you go there. This is Spooky October on Supernatural mm-hmm. Girls. So we are following that theme. But it's, a, it's just a great article about what's happening right underneath our feet. And so please take a look. Give us a like and a follow on Facebook. And be sure to follow us on Twitter as well. So we've got one of our very favorite people tonight. Yes, and I know, PK, do. you've been asking me, please, can we have <laughs> Bloody Mary back? She's such a great guest. And you're right. She is she a terrific is guest. She's super. And let me just tell everybody a little bit about Mary because she was born on the bayou and was raised in New Orleans. And she grew into a sincere and valuable priestess who also served her hometown secretly as a psychopomp. Now, I need to know more about what that is. She is known publicly as a priestess, storyteller, celebrity historian, author, psychic medium, ghost hunter, and owner of the infamous Bloody Mary Tours. And she is the expert on voodoo, and we're so lucky to have her with us tonight. Bloody Mary, welcome to the show. Greetings. Nice to be back. Oh, it is for us to have you. So good. Yes. And now I, I don't know if you know, but I also now have a haunted museum. I opened it a little over a year ago been working with the spirits there for two years and trying to put a more permanent place for many of my findings and some of the, to to create a sanctuary for the spirits if they want a place to relax, hang out, give messages, a safe zone, so to speak, Mm. for them. Because I'm a advocate for spirit rights, that seems to be my job. Oh, evidently tell do us it more very about well, that. my dear. Yes. Spirit rights. So it's, it's, it's time to stop being afraid, right? It's time to make friends right. with the spirits in the spirit world. Oh, and should, that's should what I, you're should helping I, um, Should I dare to quote the president and say it's time to unify? <laughs> yes, Go it for is it. time it's to okay, unify. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I think it is time. And why not from one side of the veil to the other? Why not? That's mm-hmm. great. Well, I mean, that is the way it should be. That's the way it was to appreciate the wisdom of those that have come before and the elders that are still here now, your near ancestors, to make sure that that information is preserved and passed down. We have lost so much information over the millennials as much as we have. Millennium, excuse me, maybe not the millennials. Maybe them too. But we have <laughs> a little of both. So We lost a lot of information and knowledge um, from days of old and between burning of books and losing of libraries and different people destroying other people's cultures, 
we've lost so much. I think it's important for someone or people in a society in their areas and their fields of expertise to try to try to figure out how to preserve it and to help the spirit world get through to pass that information on. For the information is all still out there. We just have to remember how to listen. That's great advice. We do have to remember how to listen. And what we, one of the things that we love about you, Mary, is the way that you are so comfortable with the spirit world. It's just so natural for you. And that kind of comfort level is something that you automatically pass on to everybody else. So it's a big healing. I think when having you on the show, it helps our audience. It helps everybody listening to stop being afraid. Mm-hmm. I think fear is a four-letter word. In yeah. more ways than one. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's like in, in life, as you walk down the street, if you're walking down the street in fear and constantly looking over your shoulder and, you know, you, you become almost a victim and, you know, you're magnetizing some of those things, the darker things, the problems to come your way instead of walking down with That's strength true. and confidence and open arms, you know. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't have caution. You don't throw caution to the wind, but you don't have the fear angle part of it. Right, right. Now, and you grew up with all of this around you. So you were trained more or less, by your yes. mother and your grandmother also? No, 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 I was not. No, no. Um, I was brought up with the spirits all around me. You know, okay. they woke me up since a young child who I say I learned most directly from the spirits themselves. I have ah, some wonderful okay. physical teachers. And, of course, my mother and grandmother taught me many things, but they were not um, avid ghost hunters or voodooists. You know, they were good Catholics like most of the people in New Orleans. But my mother was a St. Joseph nun before she married my dad. So they definitely taught me the spiritual end of it, you know, and the connection there. Um, But I had other teachers in voodoo and uh, Native American Indians of the area and some voodoos of different types of voodoo and some people here that I was an apprentice to that I value greatly. And there were many Mm -hmm. different elders along the way that that taught me. It It wasn't as easy as going to Google and asking for information back then. I mean, you had to seek it out. You had to go through diaries. You had to find people. But I was blessed enough that the people that I needed to find found me. You know, I did, you know, I went and found the books and the research, but I also was very blessed that people came to me with the answers or the missing pieces of the puzzle that I was trying to put back together. So it's like with you were New meant Orleans, to do with this. History, with it. Oh, I definitely think I was meant to do this. It's definitely a calling. Um, as I said, the spirits woke me up at night. I didn't go after them first. You know, and it was all soft and easy at the beginning. And as I got older, it maybe got a little more complicated. It needed a little bit more understanding and research. And many ways that I went and people I met kind of circled back a lot of times to some of the things making sense in voodoo. So it was drawing me back. But my bloodline has been here for 300 years which is just about as long as voodoo has been here and that means every generation in my bloodline was exposed to some form of element or another of it you know Mm. so trying to tap into the dna and the akasha records and all that and to just listen to the spirits and to you know 
even just sitting for hours and hours on end at the bayou or the swamps. I mean, you, you get information if you let it flow in. Now, do you have children so also? <laughs> yes, and, I have one. And are they? One. You child. have one. And is that I child have one. interested he works in with me. also? Yes and no. To him, mm-hmm. you know, he was growing up like with this constantly. So he was bombarded with it, and he's extremely psychic and healing. But as he got older, you know, he, of course, well, I shouldn't say this, but you know it is when you're 25, you do know everything, right? Mm-hmm. Of course when you, you were do. That sure do. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> I've raised three of them. <laughs> so I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing that he got a degree in psychology. So now he's got a little bit of a debate going on, which is a good thing and a bad thing. So he's got the psychic upbringing from a small child, and he's a natural at it. But he's also got book knowledge, you know, so he's he's balancing. He's balancing the two. And he works That's with good. me at the Haunted Museum. That sounds wonderful. He, he holds yeah. the spirits, you know. He's not trying to do psychic readings. He's only mediumly involved in the ghost investigations. But again, he grew up with that. So sometimes when I Very ask nice. him to help, it's like ask him to do the dishes. <laughs> you know, because it's something he's had to do when I asked him since he was a baby. So I've got mm-hmm. that, you know, funny. that kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's exactly. true. When you grow up with something, he grew yeah. up voodoo. He grew up psychic. He grew up with ghosts. He grew up in haunted houses. You know, he had a an interesting past life that he told me about as a very very small child before he would have even probably been exposed to the word. But he was an imp in a past life and was a oh, nature my. spirit, and he had quite interesting things to say about that. Um, as well as, you know, physical and human past lives as well. And I think a lot of people don't realize that all their past lives don't have to be human. No, you know, that you can have knowledge right. and lives elsewhere to, to balance in. And I see that more and more in my healings and psychic healings and readings. I'll see elements of nature, spirits, and fairies in there, and these people needing to get back into the earth, so to speak, in order mm-hmm. to find right. their home. Like, like y'all were talking about earlier, you know, so yeah, it's a lot of interesting things. And, and again, with the spirit world, I mean, some of them never were flesh and they're still in the multidimensional universes that surround us and they react, photograph, sound, not necessarily sound, but seem and feel like ghosts would, but not all the ghosts have to be of the, of the humans that were flesh. Mm-hmm. And not all the spirits out there have to be dead people either. They could be ghosts of the living, spirits of the living that are on nightly journeys or a little bit lost out of themselves. There's a lot of interesting layers out there. There, what would there you call are the and spirits, the spirit of the living. Just what, that. What is that reference? Ghost of the living. <laughs> I could mm-hmm. be astral projections intentional it could mm-hmm. out of body experiences can be experienced by someone else when someone or something walks through the room it could have been a previous person who lived there it could be someone on a journey coming to you it could be mm-hmm. intentional or unintentional you could have a small child afraid in a closet who was stuck in a closet being punished a piece of him could still be there where his adult self is somewhere else 
as part of soul retrieval and healing, you have to bring those pieces together. But as far as the experience of other people feeling or seeing that energy in the closet, to them it seems like a ghost, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It could be a piece of you, you know, depending on how much energy and emotion was left in the area. So the living or the dead still could use healing. So I used to be jokingly called the necrotherapist because I try to help both of them, you know, the spirits <laughs> as well as the people that are dealing with them. Or the psychopomp, like you said, you didn't know that word. It's someone that walks between the worlds. Ah. Amazing. The well, amazing. an older, older term, you know, but... <laughs> So, you know, if you work between the worlds, and you, you can kind of maybe maybe feel that. So it makes yeah, everything so fascinating that you have to talk about, Mary. It, you cover yeah, such a so wide variety much. you don't even think exist. It's fabulous. Well, we now, have, you talk have about, about nine or one. Yeah, you talk about the fairy world, too. Yeah, is that a, a very profound and prevalent world in New Orleans? Uh, yes and no. We do have, I, I'll, I'll use the term fairy for simplicity's sake. So we have our own swamp spirit kind of energy, swamp monsters, swamp spirits, fairies, nature spirits, that might be more so here or even deeper in Louisiana around the swamp. So, yes, we do have our own. The actual fairy system, the more Celtic things, would also include the ancestral realm. It's not just one type of thing. So the ancestors are part of it. I have a a dear friend who's an expert in fairies and an author, Orion Foxwood, who sometimes comes and does talks and such at my new haunted museum, and uh, we do different investigations together. So he excel with the fairy world which are also interdimensional beings they're not cute little tiny fairies you know that you see on disney they can be <laughs> but there's a lot of other companies too so nature yeah orion is orion is great he's been on the show a couple of times and oh, he so, is so. as you said so knowledgeable about the realm and it, it's great to hear from him and it sounds like we have visitors <laughs> right now I'm hearing these you big echoes in the background. Huh. I'm not. So, anyways, it's, it's not unusual. It's not. It's not unusual for us to have these weird noises. I don't know who is trying to come in and talk to us, but we welcome them, and well, we'll see I if they can actually form words. My house that I am in right now is in the Encyclopedia of America's Haunted Houses. It's been Ooh. featured on. Ghost Adventures, Oddities. It was a little bit on that BuzzFeed Unsolved we were talking about earlier and American Supernatural. It's in tons of shows, and we do ghost hunts here and at my 200-year-old haunted museum building. But uh, this week has been happening. Lots of ghosts uh, showing up (laughs) more than usual in the last four to five days. So, and which of course is the season. That? Well, what do you think? Come on, it's Halloween. Halloween. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's right. They want and they want to be seen. It's kind of like the stage has, has well, been set. Well, the veil. You know, they say the veil gets thinner. 
so. And mm-hmm. it is and it does. thinner and thinner and thinner up until hollows and then thickens and thickens after, kind of like a waning and waxing sort of thing. So I, even though most Halloweens are more active than other times of year, I have not noticed last year or the year prior being any over the top in activity. But this year I start noticing it several weeks ago, even before. So this is an active Halloween. Mm-hmm. I am assuming, though you can verify or deny, that if it's active here, it must also be more active where y'all are. Have you oh, noticed yeah. that's the, part of what we were talking about, all yes. this communication and creative things that okay. are ongoing throughout the world. We're, yes. we're getting it from every direction. It's going to be okay. even more fascinating as it progresses with you because it's got to be a barn burner where you are. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I could gauge it by, because that is the number one busiest time of the year for me always. So we're always doing extra ghost hunts, extra communication, extra mm-hmm. visits to the cemetery, extra rituals to feed the dead, um, all of those types of things. That is, uh, we'll, we'll notice, I'm always noticing every year the nuances between the years you know, between the areas, which ones are coming up more. And you were talking, I believe, a wee bit about all the changes in the world and maybe politics a little bit before, right? Yes. Well, the other side is very aware of these things, you know, and if we're a little agitated here, they're a little agitated there, the whole as above, so below concept Mm -hmm. that we're a reflection. Uh So if the world, or at least this country, is so divided and so angry, you know. Oh yeah, I too much constantly, anger. I constantly ask the spirits. We do a seance, Victorian style, every every Sunday. You know, is there anything we can do? Is there anything that's going to fix this? Can you give us any help? You know, and uh, we try. I don't like the answers, so I'm not going to even repeat them. Mm. <laughs> okay, that is an answer in itself, is it not? Yes, I don't yeah. like the word that I got of what's going to fix it. But I do tell you that I have a seance parlor in my haunted museum where we do these seances. And I have the pictures of very important spiritualists and other people locally and globally around the world to honor them, hoping they'll honor us with their wisdom by coming through, as well as a lot of New Orleans spirits pictures and all kind of artifacts from, you know, like old spiritualist movement and Three days ago, I think it was three, maybe four days ago. The picture of um, jumped off the wall of Edgar Casey, just not fell, oh, wow. but like flew across mm-hmm. the room. And I was like, huh. "Okay, what do we do here?" And my other guy is like, "I think he's reacting to what's going on. I think he's aggravated." You know saying all the unrest and the politics and I'm like okay I, I was rearranging and bringing some new pictures in I thought he was telling me to move it but either way um, they're noticing they're knowing that we're at a very important crossroads I suppose in our government in, a, in our time right. in our persons you know oh, we people have to, to people yeah we have to heal you know um Yes. And I do believe that spirits can help us. I do believe their wisdom can help us. I do also believe, and this is something that might be interesting to you or not, um, being that you're supernatural girls with a Z, you might like the fact <laughs> that you should know that the Me Too movement is also helping 
a lot of murdered, raped victims on the other side come to a final ah, release. Many of them that were still held spiritually mm-hmm. captive by their murderers or rapists or whatever are kind of getting free, which is great for them. It's pissing mm-hmm. the guys off, though. You know, that helped them because oh, well. they were still kind of sucking off that energy, so to speak, mm-hmm. speaking of vampires earlier. Uh, <laughs> That yeah. kind of thing, but it is actually helping, and it was the Black Dahlia two years ago that pushed mm-hmm. me on this mode to help others and to have these others come into my path that had been murdered victims, which brought me to the museum building that I'm in where there was a very graphic murder-suicide after Katrina, that these spirits were still there trapped. It was, I am not a blood and gore kind of person you know like i'm not into serial killers i'm not into the kind of halloween movies that are all about blood you know i like the supernatural Mm -hmm. ones but not Mm -hmm. i'm not a gory person so to be at a place that there was a gory incident would not have been necessarily my choice but it was a mission and the girl there that was murdered and dismembered and you know had Mm -hmm. a violent death was definitely needing some release and she has grown a lot in the last two years and her pink hat sitting on the altar and opening the doors when the march went by definitely was a part of that i also take Incredible. care of spirit mm. and are releasing the unborn and the stillborn spirit so uh, this mission is an interesting one and uh, that has been going on again as above so below reflective of what's going on here is also affecting the spirit world but it's making a lot of the men mad that we're you know that this balance of power is trying to shift back they don't like that they didn't Mm -hmm. want their murdered victims to get power then they wouldn't have huh. their captives from a spiritual sense. So there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and that's the little slice that I'm kind of involved in. Mm. That is just fascinating, and it, it really kind of feeds off of what we were talking about last week. We had a, a German physical medium on last week. I think, mm-hmm. and I know you do too, PK. I think he's the best in the world. And he also said the same thing you just said, that all really? of this that's going on is, yeah, he said it's all affecting the spirit world. It's all connected. Whatever we do here is affecting them there. It was a fascinating conversation with him about all this. And here you come saying very much the same thing. And it's good to know that people, uh, women on the other side, are finding their freedom from what we are doing here on this side of the fence. So that that's a really nice nice plus of all of the upheaval that we're all experiencing right now. So that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, there's just, you know how whenever you're on a good deed or you're doing something, sometimes it gets punished. <laughs> you know, like something yeah. that stops you when you're on a, no, when you're on a path. Um, so, you know, so, so you have to take your knocks a little bit in order to get to the goal that you know is right. So, no, I don't want people to be discouraged out there because, you know, you're helping release someone. Again, as I said, that captor might not be happy about it. And there were several men around the whole Black Dahlia thing that were out to get me a couple of years ago and the people I was with when she came to us and got us sick and things. But we persevered and overcame it. So 
sometimes there is a backlash when you're trying to do a good deed or help someone mm-hmm. or something because there's another person that, you know, might not want, let's say, that food taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It so sounds like you needed to change. Again, no fear. Yeah, so you actually needed a team to help you deal with the predators that were involved with the Black Dahlia. Well, I didn't have a team per se. I had, I did have a couple of women that were around me for another project that ended up becoming a team. It wasn't, none of that was a goal of mine. I happened to be in the cemetery where she at, so I happened to just go there and give her a flower and an offering, and then she followed me. You know, uh. and then she started giving me signs and talking to me. It was not a purpose. I was with my husband at that point, but he was flying back. Then I was meeting up with some girls to continue on a book signing trail that I was doing that went from California all the way through Canada, set me on something called the Highway of Tears, not to be confused with the Trail of Tears, where there was a lot of raped uh, victims and problems up through Canada, Native American Indian. But the Black Dahlia herself was in no need of being helped. She was soliciting me to help others. She is the spirit one on the up. She could care less who murdered her. She could care less about the shame. She was as strong as could be, and she was trying to help others be that way. But I think I was kind of the physical counterpart. But while we were talking to her, like, it was overheard. And then there were these kind of weird predators that popped up against us. So all of that was unplanned and and just stumbled into Gosh, that is so fascinating. Amazing. Oh, my. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's incredible how these things affect the other side. And, and it's so interesting. So she had she could have cared less, you said, that about her murderer she's, or any of the so things that happened. She didn't that care. at this point. The publicity, uh-huh. the angle, all that. She's, she has somehow released and grown behind that and kind of become the, the queen of it all over there or something, you know, trying to help others. It was interesting. It was just very interesting and not something I had necessarily studied or looked into until after, you know, she came to me. Then it was like, oh, I better look it up. You know, I better know what I'm talking about. It was just interesting. And then it rolled all the way back to here where um, there was a, a situation that I started helping. And then I ended up opening the museum there and where I'm at today. So there's... Where I am has about nine-plus resident spirits, including at least three children that we, we take care of and a couple of pets. Oh, how oh. neat. Pets, Dead too. Dead. Huh. So they said, when we reached the 2000s, that became the time that everything would start to become the time of the woman. Up to that, men have always been in control one way or another. And we've been kind of creeping and crawling the first few years of the 2000s. And all of a sudden now we're really breaking free where women are standing their ground and working more strongly on this side and the other side to the sound of things to pull everything together again. You feel that true? I hope so. Yes, I mean, I I feel that way. But we've had a lot of, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to just not be discouraged. Right. No free lunch. You know. (laughs) You have to work for it. 
Yeah, because we are reweaving this golden web of connection. And so when Mm -hmm. we are feeling there's justice done for one, it's done for all. And there's a lot of power in that. And knowing that the consciousness has gone up high enough to acknowledge that, yeah, we should not be treated in certain ways. And so it it is all, I think, a fabulous step forward for every everybody for men and for women in this to let go of that kind of dominance and aggressive behavior of course it still exists in the world but it's nice to know that there's more consciousness about how this is all happening now tell me something mary about the museum because this is a a great project you're involved with do you have haunted objects there as well yes yes i do what do you have Mm -hmm. um I have lots of good things. That to me, it's a good thing to have haunted objects. Okay, I, I, you know, everybody when they're calling about things like it's like, oh, is it, you know, is it evil? Well, no. I mean, I might have a couple of things that came from a darker situation, but um, I guess what I do is kind of teach how to maybe rehabilitate these things, rename them, cleanse them, talk about them, work with them. So to me, the collection of the haunted items uh, acts like they could become a bridge for the spirits to come through if they so need to or if they have something to say or however you would like to look at it. So I have a wonderful occult little corner, which has several personal things that belong to Voodoo Queen Marie Laveau. So as a priestess of the tradition of Marie Laveau in New Orleans Voodoo, to have her items are not only wonderful to show people, but if I use those items ritually, which some I do, then I would get to piggyback on her energies with them, and she would make my healing abilities and mystical things stronger. So I have her gun. I have her gun. I have her ceremonial knife. I have several bezoars, which I've used for miraculous healing several times. I've got her evil away cross that has kind of like a vampiric set of teeth made out of human teeth and alligator teeth, theoretically hers and a few other things to ward off evil. What else do I have in that box? Um, Some amber pellets and a few other things that were in this whole box. And so the energy of that box, when everything was in the box, was like you could touch it, you could feel the heartbeat coming out of the box. Taking out a oh box and kept showing it out of the case. Now everyone, you know, could see it. And then I also have a voodoo doctor's kit, and the men were usually known as the doctors, not as in medical doctor, but maybe as in witch doctor. But they all did herbology and such as we do as well. So I have a transformational mask. I have some ashes. I have a voodoo doll. I have some bones to throw. I've got chicken feet and owl feet and butterfly wings and nitrate. So I've got this whole display out of what people would have used mystically back in the day. So one, it's a great teaching tool. And two, it's a great energy thing because it is the energy and definitely has had manifestations and other interesting things happen with them. So that's my little cult corner. Then I have a couple of things from – go on. You mentioned you had amber in there. You didn't mention any other stone. Is there any specific reason that it's amber? That was the only stone that was in there, yeah. Huh. Except for I the bezoars. Uh-huh. You know. I wonder what the effect that the amber has with everything. Well, I mean, it could be just that she liked amber, um, that it was uh, perhaps it was a popular stone in the day or more accessible. 
it was like amber beads and it was mm-hmm. a necklace but the string string had broke you know mm-hmm. so I have them in a little bag but amber was the only stone except for the um the bezoar mm-hmm. interesting so those were there yeah. and I all kinds of interesting things. So uh, mm-hmm. they said it helps clear fears and problems. So if she was using it to keep her, to help release negative energy as another mm-hmm. thing, Amber's score, maybe it was to keep her clear, or did she take them off yeah. her neck and use them on others? She probably did both. Probably. You yeah. know. So and then I have like a skeleton that came from the cat, a skull that came from the catacombs of France that when I was in a store, uh, I heard the skeleton state always wanted to go to New Orleans and turned around and got the skull and sent it back and caused a little havoc when it first got here, but calm now. <laughs> so I have all kinds of different things. I have, all, I have a wheelchair from the uh, abandoned uh, charity hospital where one million square feet of abandoned property still lurks over the city of New Orleans. It's closed since Katrina. So we looked at that came with spirit from there. Mm-hmm. And I have pieces of an old orphanage, which I believe is where some of the children came from. And of course, some of the people came with the building itself. Then I have yeah. spiritualist things from the 19th century in the seance parlor and my ghost photo gallery and evidence that I have ghosts and a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. haunted dolls. Oh, you have haunted dolls. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I love dolls. You do? People are scared of dolls. I love them. Yeah, I think I would raise my hand to that because I've always seen strange energy around them, but it's good that you're able to manage it. I mean, it's it's, because they are quite fascinating. But don't don't dolls attract certain kinds of energy? I don't know about attracting, but... They say that nature doesn't like a, a void, you know, like an empty mm-hmm. vessel. It's something yeah. has to be filled. Like yeah. You know, so if you have spirits that want a house, so to speak, something that looks humanoid is easier, uh, easier place for them to settle. Uh huh. That makes sense. That really so does. I have some yeah. that are haunted. I have some that I've seen a spirit jump in temporarily. And, you know, have some that seem to really hold the energies of, let's say, the little girl or the person that owned it, you know, because they held on it so tight. It was their surrogate. It was their little safety zone toy that they Mm -hmm. wouldn't let go of, you know. So Mm -hmm. it's got a piece of that in there. So there's all sorts of, I've got a recent collection that I acquired that came with the woman who just died who was the collector of the dolls. So I've got her dolls and her. So there's a there's all kind of ways that it works. Plus, I've been a teacher of making voodoo dolls and different kind of dolls for 25 plus years. Therefore, you know, I I love dolls. I'm really the queen of dolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> in, the, in movies that we see, the voodoo doll can project such negative situations. Is that really true? What's well, you? It's you that projects the negative situations, ah, the doll. It's not you the doll. that puts okay. good or bad. It's simply a surrogate. More of them are used for love and healing. Well, mm-hmm. more of them are used for love. 
than anything else. And, of course, Hollywood make you think it's all about curses. And it's certainly not. But there are people out there that only want to put negative things out there. And if you want to be spitting and screaming and cursing and doing everything into your doll instead of the love or whatever else it is, Mm -hmm. that's the person's fault, not you personally. But, you know, it's the humans who misuse tools. It's not the tool's fault, usually. Right. Right, but it's good you to know, know that if the person can take the dial and put love and energy into it, well, that, that can help it with stain. Every culture mm-hmm. has dolls that are used as surrogates for different things. The Hollywood version wouldn't focus on that because it doesn't really, you know, it's not a sell. It's evil sells, uh-huh. you know. It's not going to sell tickets. But huh? the dolls, the the number one thing that people use dolls for is love, and I use them in my voodoo weddings, and I use them for little love rituals. I mean, I would say that's the number one thing. Now, people do, you know, there are some people, and it doesn't mean you're all voodoo either. It's it's your regular Joe. It's your corporate manager. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's different people that would want to, I guess, bind someone else's good luck so that they think they would get it, but that's the wrong way to get it, (laughs) in my opinion. And that's Mm -hmm. how we how to use it for, how to use it for, you know, more better travel, better a house protector, a love protection, you know, all these different things that we can put into it from money to attract wealth. To bring to be a beacon for you to focus in what you're trying to get. Direct. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds from all positive. People. Yeah, that Definitely. sounds very positive. It's very different. That's because I'm all positive, but not all you yeah. are. You know. No. And it's not <laughs> to say that you know. Even though I say don't do this, there are exceptions. You know. If there's child abuse cases, there's a good reason why you should maybe use a doll as breakup kind of thing or you may want to find someone away from causing harm these techniques um have a place as long as you know when and where to use them for protection of others and things i i do a lot of dolls when kids go off to college go off to fight in a war protection dolls bound up that the parents will keep them so that they can feel that they can have a part in helping protect their their young their loved ones. Oh, how nice. Oh, yeah, that must be so yeah. comforting for the parents. There's hundreds of ways to use dolls, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And oh, agriculture, a- you know, the Africans were more fond of carbon wooden effigies in Africa. Here they use the moss that we use for everything trained and taught by the local Native American Indians. You use the indigenous materials from the spirit of place so that they have their meaning. And, you know, if I'm from here, I want to use stuff from here to make my doll where you would want to use stuff from Arizona and you would want to use stuff from Massachusetts. You want to make mm. it of something of where you are and where and what you want. And then you have to feed it. Oh, interesting. So yeah. You have oh, to that's right. You have to feed, feed it. it. <laughs> you have to name it. You have to task it. You have to feed it. You have to nurture a relationship or a process, you have to pray, you have to, what would you, you know, you it? have to do all the things that you do to keep it active or alive. Now we, me, I'm very old school and I created about 20 something years ago, what I call voodoo paranormal. It's a mixture of old school and new school methods blended together. So though I might have my, I love my cameras and, and I do incredible ghost photography and I've got a ghost photo gallery and I do some EVP with recorders and such like that. And we have 
other elements that we might use of a more modern paranormal. I also feed the dead. We sing, we dance, we drum. We combine a lot of the methods I have. For example, in my spiritual uh, Victorian seance parlor, I have a trumpet from uh, seances from 100 years ago in there. I have a alleged haunted Ouija board. I have a haunted mirror from the Octagon House where many, many different um, important people were doing seances at the turn of the 20th century. You know, so I have mm-hmm. familiar things that the spirits can use or not use. We do automatic writing. So we mix the old with the new because I do not think that we need to be, we should not be as gadget dependent as many paranormal investigators and people are. We have to keep the human Mm -hmm. element active because one day we're all going to run out of batteries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't know how to learn. Interesting. Interesting. You don't know how to use your own, your own self. You know, you'll never, Mm -hmm. you won't be able to, you shouldn't be dependent on anything. You should be aware of it all. Use it all a little bit. Find the one that's the best for you, but not be totally dependent on one thing only, you know, mm-hmm. for communication. That makes and communication sense. Is, sure. Communication is the key. And so is a little food. Say, yeah. Like not only, yeah. not only the people that come to New Orleans and the flesh are foodies, the spirits are foodies too. They mm-hmm. like good food when they were here. Modern paranormal investigators go bring a bouquet of batteries for the spirits to sup on. I'll bring gumbo. Well, we're going to take a very short commercial break And we're going to come right back And continue this fascinating conversation With our guest tonight Bloody Mary, voodoo queen of New Orleans And stay tuned everybody We'll be right back Are you ready for a new experience Of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with Cosmic Fusion and Quantum Vortex Energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the Source. With Cosmic Fusion, the Source Energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Astridian is a family of cosmetic products with 98% pure ionized minerals. We combine our science with a blend of essential oils to nourish and take care of your skin's health. How does it work? All Astridian products contain the proprietary redox technology, having the capability of simulating an ionic zinc-copper superoxide dismutase effect. This free radical scavenger currently in your body has been diminished by toxins and the daily stresses of life. It is a perfectly balanced mineral complex that all $200 an hour dermatologists, their professors, and ancient history have proven. 
Redox technology is a process of reducing the skin's oxidation by transferring electrons from a radical state to a stress-free normal condition. Oxidative stress is a form of cellular aging and, as science has proven, a precursor to disease. The free radical theory of aging states that organisms age because cells accumulate free radical damage over time. Damaged cells are not beautiful, but healthy cells are. The estrudium family is presented in four different uses that cover unique benefits to your body. They are the Essential Anti-Aging Series, the Multivitamin Series, Sports Series, and Professional Series. Regain your youth with the power of estrudium. Visit www.estrudium.com and inquire. Use the code SUPERNATURAL and receive a 10% discount on your first purchase. Estrudium, the beauty of being healthy. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. Also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out? and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, here with my co-host, PK, and our amazing guest tonight, who's so much fun to talk to, Bloody Mary, voodoo queen of New Orleans, is here with us tonight for Spooky October, continuing on Supernatural Girls. So tell us, Mary, you've got, oh, my God, such a wealth of knowledge to pull from and share with us. But have you ever encountered a spirit that you felt was just overwhelmingly, I'll say, negative, um, sure. possibly demonic? Uh, how do you handle that? Eh. Well, first of all, demonic doesn't mean necessarily overwhelmingly negative. There's a lot darker stuff than demons out there. Just to throw that out there. Because demon seems to imply such a Christian overtone and such a sense of morals of good and evil. There are some Mm -hmm. amoral creatures, entities, that are way more difficult to deal with. A Uh demon, you might say, a demon, you might say, has... uh, Somewhat of a human capacity of understanding, negotiation, tricking, a variety of things that one would do to avoid, sneak away from, or let's say win over if there is that kind of battle. Or, you know, that there's other things much more primordial that are more difficult to deal with, mainly Mm. because you don't have a pattern in order to know how to combat it. So, you know, you're having to just try so many different ways. And, yes, I had a three-year battle with something 
that from a folklore perspective is a possibility in my area. We might call it a hate. However, it mm. uh, was very ancient. It wasn't uh, humanoid. It wasn't a ghost. It wasn't a demon. It was, um, you know, just a devouring creature that was on a mode to just eat, 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 eat. Like, so it didn't Ooh, care wow. if the person was good, was bad. It wasn't anything about evil or religion. You know, this was a, a, something ancient and something different and kind of like a, a hive creature. And it was unleashed after Katrina, which was oh. a very dark time. And all I did for three years was pull this off of people, places, and things, especially mm. that first that first year, year and a half. So this was something that I had no base of reference for, um, though I used everything and had people from all over many different cultures and countries help me trying to connect together at unified times in order for energy and also to kind of trick it. <laughs> you know, I needed something outside of the box to be helping me because it was able to kind of hone in on a, on things going on. So yes, there was that. And that was no fun. And it was, it was very dark and a very small percentage of people that came here were able to connect with it as well. So, yes, there are things Gosh. out there that can be dark. I don't think all demons are necessarily dark. Uh, they are and they're not, you know. But strangely enough, what I have found out is that both, you know, most demons versus um, and a lot of other people out there, they want the same thing. They all, for some reason, want balance. You know, so there's some creatures that might look more scary, you know, that I've seen mm-hmm. and some ones that look like they should be the more innocent ones when they weren't, but they were both trying to find this balance, which I found interesting. So no, Yeah, I, that is. I mean, I don't have a lot of fear, but I am aware when something's up to no good. And I have seen mm-hmm. some very beautiful, angelic-looking creatures that are up for no good and some scary monsters that are pretty nice. So wow. you, know, you can't be so judgmental about looks and about this you have to mm-hmm. kind of go at the gut and hold your own i mean it's just important to know who you are you know to know your strengths to be confident in your spiritual connection and your connection to the universe you know that's really important work on that and don't worry about what else is out there great advice <laughs> that's just so wise when Katrina took place, and so many of your your burials are above ground, mm-hmm. how did, did that fine. affect? Pardon me. They did fine. Okay, I wondered how that, that how it would have. They affected. were above ground. The cities of the living sucked. The cities of the dead did good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, the graves did not really get destroyed in 99% of the area of the cemeteries. Um, most of them did not flood. Most of them were on the higher ground areas. A few of them being above ground, it, there was no surge that mm-hmm. hit that would wipe down these cemeteries. There was not a heavy amount of wind that took too much down. Uh, it was the cities of the living that took the brunt. 
mainly okay. because of just where they had a position in the cemeteries. They wanted the higher ground. So they were a little bit more protected. However, that's irrelevant to the real question I think you want to know. Is it how did it affect the dead people here? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not how it, it's not the same as how it affected the cemeteries. Two different things. Right. So basically, uh, we, have way less ghosts than, <laughs> we have way less ghosts than we did before Katrina. My very oh, oh. easy explanation of that to you was they evacuated families. It took a very long time for people to come back. It took a very long time for spirits to come back, which was a problem. Because, again, I've always preached how important it is to respect the ancestors and the spirits mm-hmm. in a place. But it was never more apparent till then because without them, we were in jeopardy. They provide the checks and balances to the dark side. And when they were gone, the dark side ran free. There was oh, not my. that balance. Mm-hmm. And that was incredibly difficult to manage. So this is what helped to release that horrible thing? And it took you three years to deal with that, that thing about, that showed up. About three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About how did you know yeah, then, it was, how did you recognize it, Mary? How did you know that this thing was there? What was it that caught your attention? Mm. Something really nasty oozing up from the bottom of my house and crawling in the bed, on, almost getting on me one night and having to get out. I thought um, that, <laughs> I that would do it in a You know, I was const- constantly overlooking my shoulders, and then I saw it when it was on people. There was a certain look of eyes, and they would always be looking at me. You know, there was. I saw it, I heard it, and then I had many, many visions and dreams which tried to explain things to me, you know, without words, without words, of what this was doing, not exactly what it was, but how it worked and what it was doing and how to react with it. So it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of mysticism from many different cultures, but was also paying attention to my visions and dreams and trial and error when this thing came near it, when it was on other people on how, what it, what would make it shrink back, what would make it come forward, you know, all those kind of things, which I am try I have actually, but I haven't, I had it all in one book, but then it was too many words in that book. So there is this whole study of that that will come out one day, but I hope it's so. One of those it kinds very, very of things that one of those things that I think though, the more you talk about it, the more it might wake up, kind of thing. And so I oh, haven't been talking that. about it. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I have been talking about it too much the first couple of years because it was too close. You know, yeah. But at the end, it was a little easier to talk about it. I didn't feel that it was still enough of it to kind of be shook up or woke up. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we'll yeah. see. Wow, I would be interested wow. and fascinated as well as sad for all the people that are hit. You know, by the current hurricane on the mm-hmm. east coast. I hope they don't have to deal with it, but. See, I've, I've, I've dealt with many hurricanes before, as many of us down here have. It wasn't the hurricane. This is unleashed after, really, uh, and when the levees broke. You know, it was something that mm-hmm. erupted from deep inner earth through the waterways and through that way as opposed to coming from winds in a hurricane. It was not from that. It was the, the aftermath. So 
as I said, I've lived through many hurricanes, but this was different. Yeah, it sounds it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope someday you are able to share a book about that because it, it does sound fascinating and how brave you were and I wrote all the other people that helped you. About it. There's a small chapter about it in my book that you mentioned earlier, The Haunting Star yeah, and Dancing with the Dead. But I had had way mm-hmm. too much in there, and it was really a separate book. And it was, you know, wrapped around with that murder-suicide was at the height of our problematic era in New mm-hmm. Orleans after Katrina, too. So it definitely yeah. had its field day uh, with that couple, as well as with the mm-hmm. whole town, you know. And oh, as yeah. I try to tell everyone, it's very, very important for you to face your own demons as they come into your life. Embrace your shadow, because if you do not face your demons, one day they'll gang up on you, and then they can mm-hmm. take you down. You know, and that right. can be a metaphor, or that can be reality. Mm-hmm. However, yes. you better, you know... You better not shrink in fear and just try to hide these things. Because if a disaster happens, something dramatic happens, and then everything in your life is shattered and cracked open, you're you're, you're dealing with a lot of problems, and they can come to life and get you. Yeah, that's true. Very mm-hmm. true, Mary. Yes. Now, you talk about but, and healing. And also cultivate your own also. ancestors. Oh, yeah. Let me just ask. Cultivate your own ancestral spirits and spirit guides. Make sure you're familiar with them so they protect you, too. So what did you yes, say? What about food? Well, I wanted to ask you about the healing because you said you have experienced some remarkable healings with some of the voodoo tools that you have. And we were I know we'd love to hear about that. What kind of experiences you've had with healing with voodoo? Well, I mean, I'm a healer. I believe that psychic help is healing. I, I do a variety of different methods pulled together. So energy work or older work than that. There are also certain things that you can just adjust inside of a person that you can see energetically and psychically. However, the bezoars, which aren't used that much anymore, which are stones from you or from a llama or from a goat, that were thought to be the congealed poisons that solidified inside of a body. Acquiring those stones was thought to pull, be able to help you pull poisons out of other people. Most people, if they know about bezoars at all, know about it from Harry Potter. But right. know, these are still certain things that can be used. And there were two very large bezoars in that box, which I began to use. And I went on a nice healing journey on my husband's uh, father when he was in the hospital that let me diagnose something even before anybody had found anything and it was interesting by holding this and meditating with it and you know concentrating on my connections with Marie Laveau and with the person who was sick it was almost like I was able to you know that movie Fantastic Journey when they you know shrunk themselves down and went inside the body yeah do you remember that silly movie? Well, it was kind yeah, of, of you know, all of a sudden I was like inside seeing all of these body parts and functions and blockages and stuff that I was able to go in and do stuff and see that I didn't officially know what these things were. You know, I described them. I wrote them. I knew where they were. I looked them up. I was right, you know, and I wouldn't have known this. It wasn't me. I was channeling through the bizarre and I guess also through the knowledge of the eyes of Marie, uh, the healing process that was necessary. 
Now, she would have, of course, in her life also used great herbs and tinzanes and things that she grew and, and you know, medic, used them more medically than we do today. So she would have been yeah. an herbologist or what we call the traiteur. So let's say the good voodoo priestess with the traiteur to treat. That is a French word. It was used here in the swamps. It was used in Haiti, used in a lot of French areas. The person that is the treater is the traiteur or traiteuse. So I was able to use those things. However, you know, there's ritual healings, there's spiritual healings, there's just prayers and release, and there's like banishings and exorcisms, which I was doing, as I mentioned, a lot of after Katrina. She had kind of this, has this cross in there, uh, this pot metal cross that had this kind of weird little set of vampire fangs hanging off of them made out of. 19th century dental gold with two fixed alligator teeth and two human teeth. And it was just kind of hanging off the side of the cross with a rattlesnake rattle. That she would probably shake into the, you know, shake into the person that was sick or to shake the, to rattle the the demon out of the person, however you want to look at it. If there were cases of, out-and-out possession or just a waxy buildup, as I call it, um, of your own <laughs> self-hatred. Your own self-hatred that can, you know, come back to life and get you, you know, an uncrossing. So I have used that cross that was in that kit for some banishings and clearings, too. And importantly, I have used the knife, the ceremonial blade that was in there, every time a hurricane threat has been here since Katrina to cut the winds and stop the, from harming this area again by you, you throw the knife into the winds in the four direction. You're cutting them. You're trying to diffuse the power of the storm. And so mm. far, we've been okay. So multitudes okay. of things in there I have used for whether it's healing of place, of person, of self, all the above. Gosh, so your voodoo priestess was your local healer, you know? She was your yeah. herbalist. She did all these things back in the day, back in Marie Laveau's day. She worked with the Catholic Church side by side and was a yellow fever nurse. She worked with a midwife. You know, she was an incredible healer. Some say that some of her her powers that were attributed to her was because of this healing aspect, you know? So she she did a lot. So physical healing, psychic healing, spiritual healing, you know? Yes, yes. Now, is there also a voodoo priest? Is there a male aspect when it comes to voodoo? Sure. Okay. Of course. Of course. New Orleans voodoo, however, (laughs) was the most matriarchal. But New Orleans Mm -hmm. itself is the most matriarchal or was in its day city itself because you know the city is because of the river and the river is a woman and so on and so forth so I'm a priestess of the river as was Marie Laveau so the man back in the day you might say that there was a king but he was more of a protector as opposed to the front guy most of the guys that you heard of in voodoo were more of the hoodoo they were the um, the doctors. Like I told you, had a doctor kit too. Mm-hmm. So they would have been more doing 
that work as opposed to the voodoo is the religion and the more ceremonial aspect, the ritualized aspect, dance, religion, music, religion, serving the spirits. Hoodoo is the practical side, the folk magic, the practical magic that in some areas might be called root work or some areas might be called conjure. Here it was hoodoo. So, Does voodoo woman, and hoodoo, do Mama they come the out of Africa? Show. Yes. Voodoo came from Africa, from Africa and where it landed dictated, dictated how it grew. You know, mm-hmm. New Orleans was a matriarchal area, therefore it was a matriarchal voodoo. The river was the queen. It went to a different forms and different tribes, went to Spanish brother and sister countries like Cuba, had a more male-dominated society, had a more male-dominated voodoo. There's a lot of logic that just applies in how our religion develops. So there are many different forms of voodoo, just like there are many different forms of Christianity. Usually it is, they landed where the slave trade landed in the Catholic areas is where a form of African diasporic voodoo would emerge because the Catholics had a little bit more freedoms for the slaves and Catholics weren't against dancing or music. Since it was a dance religion and musical religion, that was a very important part of it. The Catholics didn't seem to mind the fraternization between slaves, the music that was created. So that is why you'll find it in Cuba and Brazil and New Orleans and Haiti and Jamaica and different areas Mm -hmm. might be called that. And of course, in Africa, Mother Africa, where of course it's different than where it landed mm-hmm. because it would it, it would address the, the needs of the area and the people. And it would have a lot of Catholic influences in it and the saints. But the Native American Indian aspect was also blended into where it landed. The Native American Indians that were here were totally different than the ones in Cuba and the ones in Haiti, you know, so that was mm-hmm. it just developed differently. And therefore here it developed side by side with the colony and was ingrained within the culture, within the food, within the music, within, within everything. It grew side by side. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating culture, but New Orleans in and of itself is so different than any other city. And that may seem like a stupid thing to say, but it really is different. I've been here a couple of times, well, we and, were, and there's we were something not, so unusual about it. Well, one, we were not American. We're geographically in the South, but we're not a Southern city. We're a port town, which means we're a little more worldly, right, as things come and go. Yeah. We're a very mm-hmm. spirit-filled town and always have been. We're the river town. You know, all of these things. And then we still have uh, most of us uh, that are from here still have a semblance of wanting to hold on to the culture and the old, you know, and not forget our roots. So we still have an old town and we don't really like just tearing down neighborhoods and putting up new skyscrapers. So it happened quite a lot after Katrina and I think we're at 50% new population now, which is why another timing for what I did at the museum was to keep the stories of the old alive, to keep the culture Mm -hmm. alive, to keep, you know, the customs alive as well. I believe that was another thing that was spirit-led on that end, besides to help the spirits that were there, to preserve the stories of the others in one place, because we're losing them as we're losing our people and our cultures, you know? Yes, it's It's just sad. But yeah, yeah, it's very it sad. Unusual. And everybody says that. 
People come here who are the most mundane, conservative people of the world who don't understand why they're saying it. Like, I don't know what it is. Something about New Orleans that I feel different yeah. here. I feel like I have to move mm-hmm. here. I feel like I'm a part here. I feel like this. I feel like that. This is from all walks of life, from people all over the world that I deal with as a, mm-hmm. in the tourist industry as well. I deal with people from all over the world. And being from here, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I've seen this since I was a kid. Okay, whatever. You know, you're like, I'm like, but the more you hear it, the more it's like, wow. And the more I kept trying to see, oh, where would we have to go as a casino? Yeah. As we went around the city from place to place, the country, I couldn't find that that spirit edge that you could feel here. Yes. Yeah. I can't imagine that you'd want to live anywhere else but there. Well, you know, after Katrina, they were putting a hard time on you. The government was saying, Mm -hmm. you should really consider relocating to a new place. We'll give you, you know, six months rent. You should really do this. This could happen again. You don't want to go back there. I mean, the FEMA people and other people that were paying for hotels and trying to get you having a place. I mean, they were not pushing you to go home. They didn't want you to rebuild. You know, they kind of wanted you to just walk away and because I guess they didn't want to have to pay for this again and again. I mean, they kept telling me, well, you should consider staying in the city you evacuated to because, you know, what if this happens again? What would you do? And, you know, it was actually mm-hmm. come to think of it. It was really annoying. <laughs> like, no, I just want to go home, you know. That's all people wanted yeah. to do was go home and have things normal again. But there was a lot of factors and problems why a lot of people couldn't. So we were definitely yes. a ghost town of a different variety. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way to state it. Yes, you were at that point. And now do you feel that things have gotten back to some oh, semblance yeah. of what it was before? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, yes and no. I mean, there's humans, there's energy, there's people, there's a lot more, a little bit more chaos. People that really don't know how to drink that moved here. People that are trying <laughs> to change things that moved here. You know, Lightweight. They, they come... <laughs> They come here because they love New Orleans, but then they try to stop music on the streets and they try to get laws changed. And, you know, many of us are here. We just don't, we don't get that. It's like, come here because you love it and be a part of it. Don't come here and try to whitewash it and be mainstream everywhere else. So there's a tug of war. Why is it we do that? We find something we totally adore and we get there and we try to make it like the place we just left. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. it's very sad. It is. But it is. other than that, you know, we still got good food. We still got party going on. We still got the energy. The spirits are back. All those kinds of things. But there's a mm-hmm. lot less people that you can run into that say, I've been here for hundreds of years or my family's been here or I grew up here. <laughs> you know, there's a hard to find those locals that lived and breathed the customs and yeah. always had. The real yeah. locals. We will survive. Yeah, that's not there anymore. Well, now tell us who would who would you say is your most unusual ghost encounter? Who would that be with? Who? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what um, ghost? Is there a, a particular ghost? Because you wrote about a few of them in your book. Is there anyone in particular that stands about out? As, in my book. <laughs> Um, yes, there are. But, I, I mean, anybody that stands out is like, wow, that was a really, really unusual encounter. Well, a lot of them. I mean, recently my my 
recently in the past three weeks, my dead mm. snake, my ghost snake, has become extremely active. I didn't necessarily know that he was going to be a ghost here, but he's getting on people. He's waking me up, and it's it's interesting. So that's mm. new and interesting. Interesting because it's new, let's say. So that's just been an old And he was few was he a, one of your pets? Yes. Yes. Oh. This is definitely one of my pets. He died last year or this year? Uh, last year. Um, about a, not a, maybe not quite a year ago or just about a year ago. So um, that would be interesting. However, I've I've met. I did a lot of animal rescue after Katrina on the ghostly con because they all follow me here for some reason. So there was always an animal aspect on the side. Uh, people that came, I'm trying to think if there's someone or something that was unusual that would merit to answer your question because they all have merit. They all have needs and interests in them. There's a little boy by the name of Michael that I'm dealing a lot with now. He's very verbal. You hear him a lot. He can be kind of handsy. He likes to stay under the seance table, and he'll be tickling and going up your legs and other <laughs> such things. Um, he's a small child who's probably been stuck as a small child a little too long. But he wants to help, and he wants to be a part of things. So he might be the fascinating child that I'm intrigued with now because mm-hmm. I'm trying to find out more about him. I don't believe he came with the place. I also think that he might be the same one as this little strange shapeshifter kind of thing that's there. So I might have a little cryptid shapeshifter kind of ghost, which is fascinating. Um, But we're still in the early stages of getting to know each other. Oh, that sounds like fun. Fascinating. So that's interesting, you know, and then I have lots of other kids and, and people that I know, but I suppose that the kids have gravitated to me a lot over the years. I've always had a kid spirit around me, whether it's in one particular cemetery I'm working in, or maybe now I'll go in that one, I'm in a different one, a different one over there. So I would say as time goes on, some get closer to you and others kind of slip back a little bit, you know, they, they've gotten yeah. the nurturing that they needed, but they still, might come around now and then. So it's kind of like moving around, you know, like you, some will be there all the time and some not. My mm-hmm. house is, was until this bat month a little lonely for the last year. Uh, I think it's because my son moved out. Um. And when my son moved out, it, it was a disruption in the household on the physical plane, which of course meant there would be a disruption on the spiritual plane. So I don't know right. if they followed him. He didn't say that they did, but maybe they weren't as needed because the male owner of the house that built my house in 1895, Edward, had taken on the role of kind of like stepdad when I moved in as a single mom. They were very protective oh. of both of them. So no. I've had interesting long-term relationships with spirits. There's mm-hmm. uh, Jean Lafitte, who I've also had like in different interactions with because at his blacksmith shop, old, old building in the French quarter. So, and I, I noticed that certain times of the year around the battle of new Orleans, there's a lot of soldier spirits that come up. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's all kinds of relationships and sometimes people fade away. That's so sad. fascinating. 
yeah. and other times. Well, they come and they go. Yep, just like people. Just yeah, like people. exactly, exactly. Now, Mary, you also, besides, tell us more about your business, because I know there's people that will be planning a trip to New Orleans, and mm-hmm. how can they get in touch with you and go on one of your tours or do any of the wonderful and fun things that you offer? I know you offer a lot. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, I have a tour company. I do walking tours in the French Quarter and some of the graveyards. But I do small group, and I keep a small group intentionally. There's some people that have big, giant bus tours and, you know, give you sound bites. They like to keep it interactive. So I have, a like, up to 12, 13-person kind of groups that we can do more things together, including in the graveyards, taking you to sacred sites, doing ghost hunts with both psychic and regular paranormal equipment and connecting with spirits. We do, as I said, seances. So at the Haunted Museum, I have classes and workshops, rituals. I do a lot of weddings and a lot of psych- different mm. forms of psychic healing and trying to get more classes going. And then we also have the, the tours that take you out and beyond and to more obscure places than you might get to on your own and showing you a different side of it. So the website, I've, I've simplified it. It's BloodyMaryNewOrleans.com. Of course, there's lots of Facebook for the New Orleans store. For the New Orleans Haunted Museum, as well as for Bloody Mary's tours, you'll find me both on Facebook. The BloodyMaryNewOrleans.com will get you everything. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all those things. But I'm in New Orleans. We have tours every day. We have ghost hunts every night. Everything is by reservation. And I have a wonderful store now. I hadn't been in retail since right before Katrina. Had a small haunted slave quarters behind the Voodoo Museum with a small retail, but I really was making everything by hand for customers, more cottage industry. Now I have a full-fledged mm-hmm. store and focusing on connection and protection. So bones and baubles and crystals and gems and Ouija boards and tarot cards and Grigri bags and a hoodoo corner and oils that I make. And I have a Voodoo doll bar. So I have the starter mm-hmm. dolls I make and you stuff them with the herbs you dress them, we bless them. So you kind of <laughs> like try to make them for love or money or happiness. And then Very I clever, my dear. Very really clever. I wake, oh, wake well, that's adorable. Some of the dolls in town are made just by people that do crafts or made in China. Mm-hmm. They don't have the intent or the magic no. behind it or the nodding or no. anything. We make sure they're locally, local ingredients made only in-house and, you know, Again, keeping the old cultural stuff of New Orleans mm-hmm. alive, aware, and for sale, or from some mystic people that I know that I trust their values. So do you have a few people working yeah, with you in the store so that they yes. can help my put things son, together? My son and my daughter-in-law run the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I have uh, several with me. I mean, I have to get stuck in right. there. Then I have a, a cousin who's also my co-priestess. She's there as well as my, she's my pet psychic and co-priestess and tour guide. My husband does some of the tours and a lot of the handiwork around the place. And then I have several other psychic readers, local and different various styles. Mm-hmm. And I have some people that are in my voodoo troupe that are training, some local and some that, you know, come into town once a month that we work with. So I keep it kind of small family. You that know, sounds that's good. What we want it. I, I and, uh, your daughter-in-law's favorite part of all this? The dolls. 
She uh-huh. loves the dolls. She likes making the voodoo dolls. She likes um, the creepy, scary, haunted dolls that I have. And she, unlike me, really likes cleaning up and putting oh. things in order. <laughs> is that nice? Good. Everybody it's needs one of those. Somebody can do that. Up. She likes to organize things, you know, and my oh. son will do some of the computer stuff, and he'll do the tours of the museum, and I'll do the ghost stuff. So we all are finding our footing, and, of course, I get – more and more of the uh, haunted artifacts, which we're putting together some documentary stuff right now about that. So I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't put too much on there lately. New that's because I've been working with a company on making a bigger documentary, but it's under Bloody Mary New Orleans. If you want to go back and see some of the different aspects of what we do Mm -hmm. on there, I have a lot of great shows and I hope to have more soon. Well, you've talked me into it. I need to make a trip there. I know, oh, really, we need to come and see you. Yes, I you think come. we need that. On June 23rd, I hope to be having my Swamp Magic Festival again because the root of New Orleans voodoo is Swamp Magic, and I've added about teaching that. So I'll have some small group open classes and rituals and things in June, as well as we've been doing things, of course, the whole month of October. We'll have another naming and claiming the unborn and stillborn ancestral children's ritual that's November mm-hmm. 2nd. We're doing a voodoo blessing on the October 30th. I'm doing something at the For the Vampire Ball on this coming Sunday. We do the closing of their ceremonies to reopen and rebirth their next year. So there's all sorts Fabulous. of alternative, yeah, alternative really lifestyle fun. here in New Thanks. Orleans, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It's been so delightful and so informative. You've given us so much to think about again, and we can't wait to have you back. And please keep us posted on the airing of your television specials so that we can announce them please. to our audience because mm-hmm. I, I know they would love, yeah, love to see you. Two new podcasts that came out. I'll put them on my Facebook in the next couple of days, too. So Bloody Mary okay, Stores well, and Great. Bloody Mary New Orleans Haunted Museum. Thank you so much, ladies, girls. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's been a delight, Mary. Wonderful yes, to thank see you. you so Hope much. To see you in June. Yes, Sounds happy great. Halloween. Thank you. All right. Happy Thanks, Halloween. and everybody, we'll Bye. be back next week with another show. And until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girl.